it's the Christmas season, and all sorts of things come our way, don't they? And some are very sweet and simple, and some of them are kind of wild and wacky, like this. Oh, wow! What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. You are very good at decorating that tree. I'm just trying to get through the holidays. Get through? Christmas is the greatest day in the whole wide world. Please stop talking to me. Uh-oh. Sounds like someone needs to sing a Christmas carol. No way. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Thanks, but I don't sing. Attention all Gimbal shoppers, please make your final purchases. We'll be closing in 10 minutes. Well, it's time for me to go home. But Santa's coming. There's so much to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Buddy. Joey. talk to you. What were you doing here so early? Building this. You built this? Mm-hmm. They're kind of pissed about this. Hey, guys. Have you seen the place? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. It's a little too good. Corporate must have sent in a professional. I don't know why somebody's gunning for my job. But look, let's remain a team, okay? Because if I go, we all go. If you get wind of anything, call me on my radio. Channel 3, code word is Santa's got a brand new bag, okay? When God first gave us his son at Christmas, I don't think he anticipated that we would have extravagant finitures of money that we would spend beyond our means sometimes and that stores would decorate over the top, people would be dressed in odd outfits. Uh, some people would just want to get through this glorious event and others might even be concerned about losing their jobs. I don't really think that that's what God had in mind. But let me ask you this. When it comes to your time shopping, and you compare that with the time that you decorate, or you compare that with the time that you might cook, how much time do you spend in those kinds of things, in that kind of preparation for Christmas, versus your spiritual preparation for Christmas? You see on the screen there, there's a prayer, Oh Lord, my heart is a manger in this lean-to that I am, sometimes unkempt, it is nonetheless soft and worn, awaiting your arrival in splendid simplicity. Do we really ever prepare ourselves fully for Christmas and look for the arrival and the splendid simplicity of it all? I think that we kind of struggle with that. And so when it comes to the delight of Christmas whatever that means to you, whether it's big or whether it's quiet, how long does that delight, the impact, and the joy of Christmas really last in your life after it's over? Do you feel it when you're standing in line to exchange the clothes so you can get the right size? 
Or how long does it last in the toys that our children might open or the tools guys that you might get or the jewelry ladies you might get or in the new phones or electronic gadgets that any of us might get for Christmas? How long does that joy, that specialness, that delight last? Well, some would say, well, it lasts through the first and sometimes even into the second. But boy, we get to, you know, the third, the fourth, the fifth. It's pretty much back to normal again. Is that what God really wanted? Is that what God planned when he sent his son to us? I don't think so. So this morning what we want to do is we want to talk about you getting ready for Christmas, not only in the usual ways, but in the way perhaps God most intended, getting spiritually ready for Christmas. And so we need to ask the question, aren't we missing something? Concerning Christ, is there something we're missing as we anticipate his coming each year? Is it some provision of Christ or perhaps some dimension of Christ or some element of Christ or some different aspect of Christ or detail of Christ? There's something that we're missing when it comes to our receiving Christ each year. Let me illustrate the answer to that question with a story about a friend of mine. This is somebody, actually it's my brother-in-law, Phil. You know Phil? Several years ago, uh, he and his uh, stepson, Roy, were arguing about socks. They, I don't know why, they had something about stealing each other's socks all the time. And so I finally said, Phil, how many pairs of socks have you got? He goes, oh, about 80. I'm like, are you kidding me? He goes, no. And I can tell you, I have seen him sometimes wearing socks with sandals. And he's not British, by the way, either. It's kind of a strange thing for me to be talking about socks because, you know, I hardly ever, ever wear them. But anyway, I said, Phil, why have you got so many pairs of socks? And Phil said, well, you know, there's some socks for tennis shoes. And then there's a different kind of socks for work boots. And then there's a different kind of socks for my snakeskin cowboy boots. And then there's a different kind of socks if you got to go to work and wear dress shoes that have laces. And if you wear dress shoes or slip-ons, that's a different kind of shoe as well. And then, of course, you need socks for sandals. And so if you ask Phil back then, what do you want for Christmas? And he said socks, what would you do? You buy him some socks, but you know what? You might buy him sandal socks and he really wanted socks for his work boots. Or you might have bought him socks for tennis shoes and he wanted some dress socks for slip on shoes. And so if he just said socks, you really would have no idea specifically what to get him. And what he would need to do would be go to a sock drawer and see what's there. And from that sock drawer, then tell you. But, you know, when it comes to Christmas for us, when we want to ask for a new watch or an iPhone or something else or a toy for our kids, we're very specific. But when it comes to what we want to ask God for spiritually from Christmas, not so much. So here's what we need to do. As we start this thing, we need to go not to our sock drawer, but to our spiritual walk drawer. You know, that place where your spirit resides and all the things of your life and your heart reside. And you need to look in there to see what might be missing or to see there what needs a change, what maybe needs an upgrade. And so I want to encourage you this morning, first of all, to realize that we need to all take a look in that spiritual walk drawer. Because otherwise, you may look like you're ready for Christmas. Hey, I'm ready, I'm decorated, I've got everything bought, sent out all the Christmas cards, ready for the party, the food's taken care of, and outwardly it may look like you are perfectly ready for Christmas. 
But inwardly, not so much. And why? It's because we don't really ask God for spiritual things in any kind of specific way at Christmas. It's just kind of like, oh, God, help me have a good life. So God says, hey, there's more to it than that. We see in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 in the Living Bible of the New Testament, when the right time came, notice that, when the right time came, the time God decided on, he sent his son to buy freedom for us. And you see what this tells us is that God's timing is always perfect. And I know as I say that, you guys are going, right. That God's timing is perfect, it's true, but it doesn't always seem that way to us. Here's another thing. If you are listening to this sermon, that is God's perfect timing and perfect plan for your life. That you would hear from him this today. We also see in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 in today's English version of the Old Testament. It says, everything that happens in this world happens at the time God chooses. That means that God has chosen for you to have more freedom in Christ this Christmas because you're here this morning and you're going to hear more about that. In other words, he wants you to receive a new provision of his freedom in Christ this Christmas. He wants you to receive a new dimension of his freedom in Christ this Christmas, a new element, new aspect, a new detail of his freedom in Christ this Christmas. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start a Christmas wish list for you, okay? You're going to have a Christmas wish list this year for God spiritually. And the first thing that's going to be on it is something like this, because Christmas is a time to release my fears. And how do we know that it's a time to release our fears? It's what we see in the Christmas story. Luke 2.10 says, An angel appeared to the shepherds, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. What is fear? And Oswald Chambers says, Fear is getting ourselves out of joint mentally and spiritually. Can anybody relate? Several years ago, I did something to my shoulder. I don't really know what it was, but it would just kind of catch sometimes. And it really kind of got to bother me a great deal. And so I went to the doctor and said, let's x-ray. Let's find out what's the matter. They x-rayed it. Can't tell you what's wrong. Everything looks okay to us. It didn't happen all the time, but sometimes when I would move, it would just catch. And when it was kind of out of joint that way, I was out of joint until I got it back where it needed to be. And I'm sure they could have taken more x-rays from different angles or MRIs and found out what it was. But I didn't do that, and so I just suffered with it for quite a while. I think the same thing is true with us when it comes to those things in life that we might be afraid of or those things that leave us unsettled or things that leave us anxious or things that cause us to worry. I think we take one look at it and we go, yeah, oh man, I'm just going to have to deal with this thing. I'm just going to have to bear it. But what God says is if you would look a little deeper into it, you would open that spiritual walk drawer and you were to look inside and meet me there, then we probably could find out a lot more about it. And you wouldn't have to suffer with it in that same way. The psalmist in chapter 55, verses 5 and 6 in the New International Version of the Old Testament says this, fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. Now, when it comes to fear, sometimes we are overwhelmed by that. But a lot of times we're not necessarily so much overwhelmed as we're just kind of unsettled. And it might be something, again, that causes you to be anxious or to have anxiety or for you to worry about something. But ultimately, behind all that kind of stuff is some sort of fear, even if you have that deeply buried in your life. And there's all sorts of things 
that it can be. It could be something related to a job. It could be related to your health, your kids, your bills. It could be a life direction. I just don't know where I'm going right now. It could have something to do with your hopes and your dreams. It also could have something to do with the economy. It could have something to do with a moral issue, something that's just really, really serious in your life that just you and God know about. It could be an addiction. It could be all sorts of things. But what God wants to say to you is what he said to the psalmist here. And the psalmist said, Oh, that I had wings of a dove, that I could fly away and be at rest. You ever felt like that before? Oh, what I love to do is fly away from all this. Or a lot of times we just talk about, I love to run away from all of this stuff in my life. But you see, the way God puts it here is, Oh, that I had wings of a dove, that I would fly away and be at rest. And that's significant. Because in Luke's third chapter, verse 22, in the New International Version of the New Testament, we read that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form like a dove. You see, if you want to fly away from some worry or anxiety or fear in your life, the Holy Spirit's the one that can help you do that. The Holy Spirit loves to get into your spiritual walk drawer with you and show you and guide you and point you out to things in your life that need to change or need a little modification or what the first step of that might be. God's desire is that we would all have that deeper look inside through the Holy Spirit. Now, we also see if we look at the rest of this uh, 22nd verse of this uh, third chapter in Luke, it says, And a voice from heaven said, You are my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. You ever feel like that? You ever feel like God is really pleased with you? I think if we were to add up on one side and the other side, I think a lot of us would say, yeah, I think he's pleased here and here. But the list on the the side that he's not pleased with sometimes would be just as great. And with some of us, it would even be greater. But you see, God does love us. He does love you. That's why he sent his son. And Christmas, as we prepare for it, it's a great time to have deeper understanding of that. Rather than just shopping and cooking and decorating, he wants so much more for us in that. So here's the first thing on your Christmas wish list to God. It's for Christmas this year, dear God, I want real freedom from my fear of what would that fear be? I, dear God, for Christmas want real freedom from my fear of what? Now, this morning, I don't want just this to be a message and you to go, hey, it's great. And I go home. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you home with your own Christmas wish list. You notice it's blank here. So you can, when you get home. Fill it in. It looks up like that. See, real freedom from my fear of. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a list, and I don't want you just to check it twice or thrice. I want you to check it every day between now and Christmas. And say, God, you know what? I really would like freedom from this fear of such and such, or this anxiety, or this uneasiness, or this worry of this thing. And you know what? I would anticipate that you're going to have a response to that throughout this season. You see, that's what Christmas is really about. I mean, it's great to get a new iPhone, but it's much, much greater to have freedom. Freedom from something in your life that weighs you down. That's really what Christmas, that's really what the coming of Christ is about. And so that's one thing. Here's another thing that has to do with Christmas. It's time to renew my faith. And we see that also in the Christmas story in the second chapter of Luke, uh, verse 10 said, I bring you the most joyful news ever announced. And it is for everybody and for everyone. So let me ask you this. When you get some joyful news, how do you feel? It's not a trick question. Joyful, exactly. 
you feel joyful. And I need to tell you one of the most joyful times in my life was when I realized that God loved me. And he loved me so much that he wanted to have a personal relationship with me. So I accepted Christ as my Savior in that way. And he accepted me. And I wanted to spend my life with him forever. Now, at the time I did that, I was 32 years old. I'd grown up in the church, and I'd already kind of made a confession of faith before. But let me tell you, at that time, it was really real. It was really significant, and it brought such joy in my life. I realized that I could, through what I thought and did and said, I could impact the heart of God, that I could make God smile because of something that I did or thought. And as I thought of that, it, it made me smile. It made me really, really joyous to realize that he cared about me that much. And so how about you? Did, have you ever had an experience like that? I know a lot of us would say, yeah, perhaps, but it's been so long ago I can't remember. Or, or I grew up in the church and I don't, never really had that kind of experience. Well, guess what? Christmas and your spiritual preparation for it is a time for you to realize that and revisit that every day. God loves you so much that he sent his son. He loves you so much that he wants to have a personal relationship with you. And not only that, you can make God smile. Just you. I don't know about you, but when I think about me doing that with God, something goes off in me. There's such joy. And so that's part of what this season is about, to remind you of that day after day after day. Because you know what happens when we form habits. We're really good. Once we form a habit about something, we just can't let go of it. Christmas is a great time to form the habit of joy, form the habit of knowing that God is there. And it does something to us when we do. It says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength, according to Nehemiah 8.10 in the NIV Old Testament. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm uh, always kind of driven old cars. I get them when they're not too new, and then I drive them to where they're really not new anymore. And in the process of doing that, I first really love it and enjoy it, and they always mechanically seem to work pretty well. But then the paint fades, the seats get torn, and then I don't really love it that much anymore. But I have, with a couple of my vehicles, gotten them repainted, and a couple of them I put new seat covers in them, and guess what? My joy in my vehicle is renewed. I like it again, and it's great. And let me say the same thing is true for you and me. You may have known Christ a long time in your life and you work hard in your faith. But let me say, having joy in him is so renewing. It gives you so much strength. And let me tell you, if a little paint and seat cover can do that for me with a car, let me tell you what, opening that spiritual walk drawer with the Holy Spirit can bring much deeper and greater joy into your life and much greater sense of renewal and strength. John 10.10 in the New Living Translation of the New Testament says, My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. You see, that's what Christmas is about. It's about life. It's about fullness in life. And the great gift goof up every year is the fact that we celebrate Christmas, we do all the stuff, and yet we don't come January 3rd, 4th, and 5th really feel like we have much more fullness in our lives. It's crazy. It's kind of like two parents who take their kid to the department store to buy a gift. A little girl gets a doll. 
the little boy gets a car. Oh, man, they have been, if you remember when you were a kid, man, they've been dreaming about it for months. And it's so exciting to go to the store and see your mom buy it. And your mom says, well, we're going to just go ahead and have it wrapped here. And so they leave it with the people and they say, come back in an hour. They come back and you know what happens. The gift wrapper confuses the two gifts. And so there these kids are, you know, they can't sleep the night before they get up. And the little boy opens up his car and it's a doll. And the little girl opens up her doll and it's a car. Well, do you think they're just going to go, oh, well, the little boy going, oh, it's kind of a nice doll. A little girl, you know, who wants to have a little baby doll is going to, you know, take the car and go, vroom, vroom. No, not at all. They can't wait till the next morning and they demand that their mom takes them back to the store and gets the right gift. <laughs> well, guess what? That's our story. God says, I want to give you life in all its fullest. And we get iPhones or some new jewelry or something else like that. And then by the 3rd of, or 4th or 5th of January, it's, oh, well, I really like this, but it doesn't really feel all that special anymore. God's not saying don't give gifts and receive gifts that way. He said, but don't miss out on the real gift. Fullness in his son as we spiritually prepare for Christmas. So here's the second thing on your Christmas wish list. For Christmas this year, dear God, I want this thing in my life to be renewed each day. Would it be your outlook just as you start each day? Would it be your feelings about yourself, your feeling about others, the way you view life? Again, don't want you just to go, hey, that was a nice message. I want to send you home with your list. And so you'll notice on the list, it says that this can be renewed in my life each day. And so I want to take it home and write down what that would be for you as well. And then look at the list, not twice or thrice, but every day. And guess what? Whatever that thing is in your life, God can give that to you, a sense of renewal each day. What's another thing? Well, in Christmas, we also see it's the time to receive forgiveness. We see, again, it's the second chapter of Luke. That's the only place we're hanging out and finding these things out. It's today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'll fess up, okay? I'm prone to knuckleheadedness. That knuckleheadedness, if you have it too, you might say or you might do or you might think or you might plan or you might execute things that hurt, confuse, and cost others all sorts of things they shouldn't have to deal with. I'm that way. And not only that do I do it to others, but guess what? I do things and say things and think things and plan things and execute things that hurt, confuse, and cost me, myself, all sorts of trouble that I shouldn't have to have. And you see, that's why we need a Savior. We need a Savior whose forgiveness is great and who can stimulate me to say, I'm sorry when I do that with people. I need a Savior who can cause me to forgive myself because I struggle with that as well. We see in John's first chapter, verse 16 in the NIV New Testament, from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. We really need grace in our life. Grace is kind of like the government. Sometimes the government wants to legislate your life or kind of rule your life in some ways. And I need grace to rule in my life and legislate my life to receive one blessing after another. Because it's so vital. We see that God so loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. And God didn't send his son into the world to condemn it but rather to save it. You see, what God wants us to do is to look into that spiritual walk drawer. Look at it deeply and see what's there. 
and see what we need forgiveness for in our lives. See where we need to be forgiving to others. To see where His grace can come in a way that it would rule in our lives and it would legislate things in our lives. And so, our Christmas wish list for Christmas this year, dear God, I also want for forgiveness to impact me in some particular way. So on your Christmas wish list that I want you to pick up there over there by the door as you go and fill that out every day. Say, God, you know, I want forgiveness to impact me in this way. And also on our Christmas wish list, realize it's a time to relish your relationships. What does relish mean? Enjoy intensely. It's time to enjoy intensely your relationships. Luke's second chapter, again, with the Christmas story in the King James Version of the New Testament, says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let me ask you a question. Where would you be without your relationships? Suddenly, somehow, all of your relationships went away. No family relationships, no friendships. Where would you be? It'd be terrible. It'd be tough. And it's so easy for us to get sideways in this relationship. Let something come in. For that the littlest thing kind of fester and grow, and then we're not relishing them. And you see, one of the greatest things about Christmas is the time that you can renew those relationships, restore them. And that's something we really need to be seeking from God during this time. You see, if we are living in God's light as Christ does, you know, Christ and God were very, very close. And we can have that closeness as well. And we can have incredible fellowship with each other, incredible joy with each other. For my Christmas wish, dear God, this year I desire and I want to relish my relationship with. Who might that be in your life? It's just so easy sometimes in relationships too, just to not think they're special. You just use them, oh, it's just the same old, same old. They are special, very special in your lives. On the Christmas list, we're going to send home with you. There's an opportunity for you to write down a name of a person or persons. God says in Hosea's 10th chapter, verse 12, in the good news of the Old Testament, it's time for you, God says, to turn to me, your Lord, and I will come and I will pour out blessings upon you. Now, Christmas is a great time when we think about all the Christmas blessings. But, you know, the greatest blessings that come to us are not through shopping, what you buy for somebody else or somebody else buys for you. It doesn't come through your decorating for the season. It doesn't come through your cooking. But it comes through your spiritual preparation. James 4.2 in the NIV of the New Testament says, You want something, but you don't get it. You do not have because you do not ask God. I think we carry around so much stuff because we don't ask God to help us. We don't ask God to guide us. We may do it on sort of a surface level. You know, we may throw some new paint on it. We may throw some seat covers on it. And we may say, okay, God, help me here. It may take one x-ray. But we don't really, really go deeper than that. And Christmas is the time to do that in our spiritual preparation. Mary, in Luke's second chapter, in verse 7, in the New King James Version of the New Testament, says she brought forth her firstborn son. And when she was getting ready to to bear the son, she had ridden, ladies, and I can't even imagine this, she had ridden a hundred miles on the back of a donkey. She gets to Bethlehem, and what does she want? All I want is a room that I can sit down, I can relax, and I can have our child. And what happens? There's no room. There's no place for her to go. 
And so what happens is she prays that prayer. God says, well, wrap him in swaddling cloths and just lay him in a manger. And that's what she did. Wasn't answered in the way that she predicted. Wasn't answered in the way that she had imagined. But it was answered nonetheless in a very significant way. And you see, God wants to do that for you. He wants you to spend time with him this Christmas season, spiritually preparing for the coming of our Lord. And he will respond to you probably in ways that you don't completely expect or anticipate as well. But just as he did for Mary, he will do for you. When many looked at that little trough box that Jesus was laid in with straw in it, that's all they saw. It's just a trough box, nothing special. But those who could see more realized it was a king-sized bed. And you see, Jesus, for you, has a king-sized gift. Now, this little card may not seem like much. I pray that you'll pick one up. I pray that you'll write down the things in there that you would like to receive from God. It's just a flimsy little card, but it's a king-sized gift to you. Look at your kid's list to Santa. Then I want a bike, I want a car, I want a boat, I want a on and on and on and on. And you know that Santa's not going to get him all that stuff. So what I say is don't let the fact there's four blanks to fill in on your Christmas list threaten you and say, oh, I can't do this. Maybe there's one thing on that list, just one thing that God really wants you to receive in Christ, freedom from and to, or forgiveness, or a sense of renewal every day, or a relationship that you can relish. But maybe for you there might be two. It could be three, could be all four. Take your Christmas list home. Make it out with God. Look into that spiritual walk drawer. And then spend time with Him, seeking it every day. Because if you do not ask, you will not have. Join me as we pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, dear God, for... The gift, and it's not just a gift of a, of a little child. It's not just a gift of, of faith that we can, you know, kind of have better lives. It's a gift of life in all its fullness. And so help us, Father, this year to spend time spiritually preparing for His coming beyond all the normal shopping and decorating and cooking we might do. And I pray, Father, for each one of us that as we spend this time with our list and with you each day, that you will surprise us, that you will bring to us a greater sense of his presence, a greater sense of the life that you want for us, that we could only experience by spending this special time with you. And so meet us in this special, special time. In Jesus' precious name, we all pray. Amen.